0: This week on The Adventurer's Fault... Hey, hey, what, uh, what's going on with my voice? Yeah, so we've got some sci-fi stuff coming up, so we're gonna try out a robot voice and see how that works out. Uh, okay. I mean, I guess it's kinda cool. Uh, uh, put down the weapon.
1: You have 20 seconds to comply. No, no, that's not quite right. Um, by your command, Imperious Leader. I mean, that, that's a little better. Well, uh,
0: Vincent's my name, and Shrop shooting's my gang. Uh, I have no that one. Uh, yeah, okay, so, uh, can we go ahead and get on to the, uh, intro, please? Uh, good morning, Dave. Uh, no, that was that not that right wrong, well, yeah. No disassemble, no
2: disassemble! Uh, this is actually kind of fun. Um, so are, uh, we gonna get some work done today, or is the robot
0: voice too much for you to handle?
2: Wally.
3: This is the Adventurer's Vault. Follow our epic journeys and hear amazing tales. Join our heroes as they bravely face grave dangers and mysterious evils in distant and unknown lands. Be sure to visit our website, theadventurer'svault.com. For episodes, links, and show notes. Music and sounds provided by Sirenscape. And now, it's time to open the Adventurer's Vault.
0: Alright, welcome back, Vault Dwellers. Uh, you know, this is the end of a long journey. Almost two and a half years uh, that we, we, we did this campaign and it is uh, finally over, so it, it's a bit of a bittersweet ending. And uh, you know, we kind of just wanted to talk about it. You, you know, you've heard the the finale, you've heard how it ended, uh, but I, you know, we want to hear from the cast. We want to uh, kind of wrap it up here, and you know, hear everybody's thoughts on this journey from beginning to end, and 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 see what it was like for everybody. So, who wants to? Who's got some? Who's got something to talk about here?
4: Where's our check, you son of a bitch? Um. <laughs> You of, said if we got through the whole two
3: years. The airing of the grievances begins. In the mail.
5: Uh, <laughs> My lawyer has advised that I shouldn't really comment. I mean, with that pending.
0: Okay, Fozzie listen. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just
5: need to. Uh,
0: you can afford a lawyer, but not a good one.
5: <laughs> I'm probably going to lose this lawsuit. <laughs> probably working out.
4: I was told I'd make more than the rest.
3: So, I mean... <laughs> zero times what? two is zero. Yes.
0: So you, you made double what everybody else did. Damn made. it. Maths. Again. So, I mean, what was this like for, for you guys? Uh, you know, I know this was an, a new experience for all of us. Just even the, the, the podcasting side of it. Uh, uh, you know, the the campaign that we ran. Like, you know, how how was this journey? Uh, how was the journey as players?
3: So, this was the longest that I have played a character. Yeah. By a by a pretty long shot and usually I'm in the other side of the seat where usually I am running the game so it's really interesting to get to invest in the character and you know build a character out that for that many levels and really dive a little bit deeper onto a character whereas normally you know when you're in the GM seat you're kinda going wide rather than deep on a character because like it's an NPC. Thing, I know. <laughs> <kind of>. mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> We're all waiting. We're like, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm I up. I, could tell. I was going to keep it quiet.
3: Um, but it's, it's interesting <laughs> to be able to go a little bit deeper into the concept of a character rather than, you know, as a GM, you kind of have to go broad and, you know, do like textural stuff for NPCs and all. And it's fun to be able to do like a large variety of stuff, but it's a different experience for sure, being able to to dive in on one character and play that out longer term. And,
0: like, you know, wh- what was, growth, um, what right? ended up surprising you about Hatham? Uh, I mean, I know uh, when you started, you kind of some basic ideas, uh, we, you know, we talked a little bit, and I know there's some twists and turns, so like, what what aspects of Hatham were, were ones that, uh, you, you know, you really didn't... Know what to expect because you you know you never played somebody that that for that long before.
3: You know I think one of the biggest things was the way I ended up doing the you know backstory and integrating him into the into the world. Where like some of that I found along as we went, where I was like, oh, that would be a really good way for him to tie into the setting. Where the Asmodian thing I didn't think of at first, and it was. <laughs> I can't remember when it was, it was close to when, to when the sickle showed up, and I thought, man, that would be a really good way to integrate him into the world, and have a little bit of a twist on this character, and would kind of make sense, because he's really pragmatic, was like, shit, what if he has a tie to the Asmodeans, and it made a lot of sense, too, even in a, like, justification of, like, he probably, probably would take the sickle too, not just from like a motivation standpoint of like, everyone else is a tough fighter and I throw bottles at people, you know? <laughs> just like the bard, realized But also in that, you know, like, well, my father is involved with the church and so like yeah, I want to lean into that a little bit. And, and that's an approach I've never really taken with a character backstory, usually I have that up front.
0: Answer this quick, Rich, since we're on the topic. When did you know that Hayth Dad was the Avatar? That actually came quite a bit later. It was probably the the thing that took me the longest to sort out is how I was going to bring that uh, back in. Honestly, so for a good portion of the early campaign, I hadn't decided uh... between the Shirin and uh... Um, hate them who was going to be the avatar of the versus govara that, that that kind of shaped up as you guys you know uh, developed your characters more there came a certain point where it just felt more right that uh... you know the was the of Goara. it just seemed to fit better um, which kind of meant that that was the last one was uh, less of a choice and more of a process of elimination so somewhere in there, I, I kind of had to think, okay, well, if Hatham is the avatar of Lashimbra, then how do, I, how do I bring all the rest of that together? And it's honestly one of the, the things that was the most difficult for me to, to come up with that solution. Because I had a couple different ways that I, 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 I could have went with that. But I eventually realized, I've got to bring your father back around into it, because that was the one major plot hook, and I'd always kind of held him at arm's length
3: and I had kept being surprised that he hadn't shown up yet and there were several times where I was like like I had sent him a letter and he sent me back and I was like when he said like come to the uh... with the like the gods meeting and I was like well, he's gonna be there and he wasn't right? so there were like there were times where I kept thinking like this this NPC is gonna show back up and it's gonna come into play and I I also think it became kind of obvious to us as players in a way that like Asherian would be the avatar of air and that uh, Haytham would be the avatar of fire and it fit really well I thought narratively because Lashembra was almost this like black sheep kind of of the group and Hatham has a little bit of a black sheep thing with his family and stuff and like going against expectations of like his father and his friends and ultimately it kind of like worked out but like you know roddy was like you know you're supposed to be the one that they can't get to
0: well you know it's a great example of like how uh if we take the story and not everything is completely planned out that it's amazing how often it works out even better yeah because like you say it became obvious but it, it became obvious to me at a certain point as well uh, you know, you, you take like here's the sickle that casts fireball. When I first said, okay, we're gonna, I'm gonna see if I can tempt you with this. I didn't even know for certain that you would take it. <laughs> and then eventually, it's like, well, it makes m- the most sense that you had this thing that casts fireball because you're the avatar of Leshembra. Yeah. There's the fire element. Uh, you know, the the Asmodian side of it all really kind of uh, uh, played into it, and that kind of came later. So it's it's amazing how well all those pieces just kind of lined up. And there's times where it felt less like
1: I was writing the story, and more like I was just following where it went. I have a question. So, how did you decide for each one? Like, I'm not saying, like, necessarily, like, at what point did you decide, oh, this, this one's gonna be this one, like, this one, is Like, for each one, what made you decide that, like, no, this is the one that makes mo- the most sense? For, like, each one of us, what was, like, what, what's your, like, best hits? list for, like, um, America's Funniest Home Video here <laughs> of, like, best hits for what helped you decide. Well, I always knew from the what. beginning, like, the first thing to do was decide on one. Like, I, I
0: need the first one. And that's where we're, we're going to start with. So then, like, Sean, when he was talking about his character, like, he handed me all these gifts. Which <laughs> was, uh, I, you know, almost in some ways ironic because, like, he gave me the least, but in some ways that was the the most. Because I am generous. <clears throat> I well. You know, here I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, you guys, are, you know, these these primal gods, you you need to, uh, you know, you guys are going to be these avatars, you guys are going to turn into this. Uh, but how do I how do I get that hook in there? And Tom's so like, my character idea is that uh, I'm a guy who suddenly got uh, weird clerical powers, and I don't know how or where they're coming from. And I'm like. Okay, uh, have <laughs> you been reading my fucking notes? <laughs> yeah. what, like, what the hell? We yeah. did early on. The answer is
5: yes. Yep. Yeah, terrible security.
0: So, uh, <laughs> he, uh, you know, you, you came up with that. I'm like, well, there's <laughs> the obvious lead-in uh, right from the very beginning. So I kind of went through the, the primals and, you know, just kind of thought about them in my head, and it seemed to make the most sense that it was Imran. And honestly, like, some of that may be the fact that Sean and I have gamed for a long time together, and I kind of know... Sometimes, where we're things will head, or like how your style is to a certain so degree. So, I'm
5: repetitive, is what you're saying. It comes yeah. out now. I In mean, rut, you, you I could I say said. that again.
0: I'm not good at writing stories. So, <laughs> <laughs> it, I just can't be bothered. <laughs> it just seemed to make the most sense that Emmerin was who Father Becker was going to be for. It seemed to suit. Almost in some way, Sean, as much as it did Father yeah. Becker. I don't know what you're talking He's totally different than me, Richard. I mean, come on. I already knew that the his dinosaurs were going to be kind of his thing. Well, I mean, dinosaurs like, are cool. I know you love dinosaurs. So that one just seemed to be obvious from the very beginning. You like rock. You like smoking rock.
5: I mean, <laughs> if I can get some. By the way, I can,
0: I'm joking. No, I'm uh, Roddy came shortly thereafter, like, even before we really started, because, you know, we had your backstory. Uh, <laughs> you're linked to the pirates, and as a sailor, I'm like, well, then obviously you're yeah. in Asia. That w- Those two, like, almost immediately, before uh, we even started the main campaign when we were just doing test episodes, like all of that fell together. Now Assyrian and uh, Haytham, like they came much later. Like you say, there's a certain point where it started to become obvious, well that just happened for me too, where I, I know it, like I say, Assyrian's the one that, uh, there's a certain point I'm like, that's got to be, that's got to be it, especially when you really started exploring... Uh, you know, your past and Orincia, and some of that actually even came outside of the podcast, because you were writing a lot of that at home, and then just, like, sending me stuff. And a lot of that kind of stuff formed my impression of how you wanted the Shireen to be, even more than, like, just what came out in the episodes. And there's a certain point where I'm like, man, you you feel like Goara, the, the winds and the the, the the way that you were describing him. And then, you know, when we talked about the tiefling thing. It's like, that's all. It all just makes perfect sense. So then... Uh, Like I said, I I almost was worried that that means Haytham just became shoehorned with Lichimbra. But it's amazing that that moment when I realized how much it made just as much sense that Haytham was the avatar of Lichimbra. So I didn't want to try to do some sort of a weird, but no, there's a twist. And I just went with the obvious one.
5: You know, kind of what you're describing, I think, is an example of something that that I think made this campaign so successful. It's something I I, I may have at least tangentially kind of referred to before, but when a good campaign is happening there is a certain degree of um, just a rapport between the players and the judges and the judge you know when the characters seem to be firing on all cylinders and and people kind of get to know each other's characters and and anticipate what they're going to be doing and and just just in general everything sort of just gels together if you will and I think maybe I don't know if you'd agree Rich but this creates moments of I don't know if serendipity is exactly the right word but it's just like yeah, you know what, based upon these interactions that have developed uh, over the course of weeks and months, things happen in the, ca- things seem to happen in the campaign that just fit together well. They just, they just, um, you know,
0: it, 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 it's, it's amazing because, really sometimes.
5: Yeah, you know what, and that's said, I wondering. Is it is wondering, is it group storytelling? Is it the idea that, you know, humans tell stories. That's one of the ways that we learn and communicate with each other. And when a situation like this, when you inhabit characters in a story, if it all just sort of
0: has this magical, you know, it, stew that comes together. It really does. And you know, something I, I know I've said before and I'll say it again, like the uh, the willingness on your guys' end to let me throw you something. And you guys to then run with it and then at some point throw it back my direction. You know, you, you look at Hatham, the, the sickle thing, uh, you know i kind of threw that your direction and you ran with it uh, i didn't know if you're going to take it you could have been like no deals with the Asmodians." that's a terrible idea
3: dove into the deep end you mm-hmm. might say
0: so then it really gave me the opportunity to use that uh, i threw some other asmodean stuff at you and your willingness to just accept that and say okay well now how i'm going to integrate this how am i going to uh, kind of amalgamate them that hate them is and then go from there uh, you know that that really makes that possible because if not if you were just be like i don't like that i'm doing you know, fight against it. Uh, then you don't get that that wonderful kind of creative combination that can happen, as opposed to us throwing these storylines back and forth. And
3: that led to some of the some of the best moments <laughs> I've I've had in tabletop period, particularly fireballing a oh, oh my God. <laughs>
0: that was uh,
3: and and walking away moment. completely unscathed. what well, and it the was best. The best series of two die rolls. It was
0: like the weird method of storytelling that got us to that that character point, <laughs> combined with like the exact perfect dice rolls to make that the most mm-hmm. fucked up way possible. Like the stars aligned, all that code joined for one moment, which was supposed to be a throw. I was that was literally a filler. <laughs> I try to come up with a couple of small things because the thing because sometimes combats go fast. What do I need if the episode's going to be short? I try I come up with some some short little interactions that can happen? That's what that was because the yeah. episode was short. So I'm like, I'm going to have a here's a little quick little interaction that'll do something, and it ended up being one of the best moments just because <laughs> of the way everything fell apart. Ethan
4: hey, does have some of my favorite moments in the ep, in the, the whole show.
0: Yeah, agreed. I was going to say, and you know what? I, I might even
5: go on go so far as to say, Ethan has some of my favorite moments because <laughs> uh, in a triumph of editing, if you listen to the the episode where uh, Ethan. Or hate them is being um, <laughs>
0: whoever temp- he is
5: tempted to accept his sickle in the first place. <laughs> there were some, there were some long pauses and some looks at all of us like, what should I be doing? And we're like, we're not there. We can't <laughs> comment. And then the other one when you're trying to decide what to do when we're in that the dream combat.
3: Oh, yeah. And, and, we are <laughs> staring oh, daggers was, at yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> we're just looking
5: at
0: you, and he's like, oh my god, like, I don't I know what was, to do. I think he was sweating. Like, it's air-conditioned where we are. <laughs> I think he's just over there sweating bullets.
3: I was I was particularly lost in that dream combat, because I was like, because Rich is really good at, at like, throwing shit at you and really just being like, I don't know, figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I have no idea what's happening. Yeah. just, was I cast another fireball and make everything worse.
5: <laughs> you know, it also kind of compared to, just a, a little bit about what you were saying earlier. Um, I, I sometimes think that the, the other thing that just may be kind of a random thing is I think that all people at this table, all everybody at this table, is pretty good with improv. You know, I think that there's yeah. an improv spirit here where it's like, oh yeah, I see where you're going with this. Let me add a little something to that. And, and works both from a storytelling perspective as well as some pretty funny moments that i think that have occurred
1: i remember like almost like it was almost like two and a half years ago because I, I was going through through like with the early steps of the journey. brad landland randomly said at one point just like as like a throwaway thing like he was talking about like oh yeah with improv you always just say okay but or mm-hmm. okay yes and, and yes, and, and, yes yeah. and things like that and i was just like oh hey that's neat and i started doing it i'm like oh my god that works and, ever, it, and then afterwards yeah. i'm just like that's that was like half the way that Assyrian would respond to stuff. I wouldn't exactly say the yes and, but I would word stuff like that where someone would say something and be like, well, okay, You never change and?
0: what's been thrown at you. Yeah. You just add to it. Well, just no kills, whatever it is, right
4: yeah. there, and it yeah. can't be recovered.
0: Yeah, you, you always have to move forward. That. And, you know, I think everybody here did do that. Well, you're right, Sean. It's amazing how much... You know, that would happen. And it, it did make it sometimes difficult from a production standpoint, because sometimes the shortest conversations could turn into a brilliant episode, but it's hard to plan for that. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> you, you just don't know. You're like, all right, guys, I'm going to say one thing and I want you to talk for an hour. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't.
1: Yeah.
5: It did really work with this group. And, and I know many people here are veterans of an awful lot of role playing campaigns. And boy, I've been in plenty of them where it, where people did not gel and did not pick up on each other's cues. Um, I know, especially those of us who've done a lot of living play, a lot of organized play, will sometimes sit down at a random table, and and sometimes it's alchemy and wonderful, and you meet the neat, neatest people. And sometimes it's just the most awkward tooth pulling situation in the entire world, where just nobody is getting each other's you know each other's uh,
4: stick. And uh, you know it's miserable, but not here. Straight when you came. when you play games with people who have similar interests and desires for those role playing moments, mm-hmm. it's very magical because yeah. you know the, the, that desire. Can bridge, a, I don't know you, but like, are you doing a funny voice? and I like what you're saying. Yeah, I'm gonna go along with it. And yeah. that, that ride is magic. I it's like terrific your funny words, magic man. So, I like, good. Your funny words, magic man.
0: What was the um, you know, not the, let me tell you about my character, but you uh, go Sean, on, Charles. You, had, you had the um, well, you guys had the Talden characters, yeah, um, where it was great because we go to these conventions and Sean's character would just insult everybody, so he'd spend the entire game insulting everybody around the table Hateful. and they loved it. Yeah, (laughs) just loved it because he was playing this douchebag, Talden Noble who looked down on everybody mm-hmm. but it, it was like going to a live roast which is just
4: sean
5: and yeah, which is mean, just it's, sean, yeah. it's just i just channeled my inner douchebaggery and some of my outer douchebaggery as well <laughs> but uh yeah those were great you know and uh, we would um, and th- i think it was funny about that too is because we play these guys as fops just the most ridiculous crap and everybody at the table who are uber gamers are looking down it's like you guys suck we really built very strong characters yeah mm-hmm. i mean they were really deadly and then the combat would break out, and suddenly we're like, "Ha ha!" And then they're like, "What the fuck
2: is happening here?" Well, you
0: know? I think on a meta level, we, you know, there's the whole stormwind fallacy, and I think at several times we really turned that on the tables to show, like, here's these high concept, high roleplay characters that were actually broken as hell. Yeah. Which you could do in Pathfinder First Edition. Mm-hmm. So you, you can have really, your cake and eat it too. It's know? a
3: really satisfying thing to be like, "This character is a joke," but actually, well. Fuck your world <laughs> up in combat.
4: <laughs> the, the character concept's a joke,
0: but I'm gonna go first in combat and blow up shit.
4: So just yeah, know that.
0: Good time. You know, uh, speaking of character concept, uh, I'd love to hear from you, Brad, because I think out of everybody here, you had the most clear idea of your character, the 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 most the most that you wanted to do with it. Like you really wanted to explore something, uh, I, you know, there that I, I don't know that you had done before that quite to that level. So, you know, as opposed to, say, Sean, who who had the least to start with, I think you had the most to start Sir, with. Sir, I had
5: several sentences written <laughs> down about my paragraph.
0: And when I say written down, I didn't actually write them down. But
5: the
4: N- point is...
3: Nearly a paragraph.
4: I, I had a, a, a rough 130-year outline. Like, I left a lot of gaps because I know Richard needs that. But it was like, yeah, I got, I got history here. Um, and with Roddy, I didn't set out to write, like, a redemption arc. I was wanting to explore, like fathers and sons and like dealing with the past but i didn't i didn't set out to write an arc where it was like oh this is a character trying to redeem all the bullshit in his life but i think it ended up that way where you know this guy came to grips with a lot of like these are my issues and these are my anger like things that caused me to be angry and like just trying to find a way to let it go all that bad history all the horrible things he'd seen and done, like like finding a way to justify letting it go, you know. And the, the longer the story went on, the more I got into that.
0: You know, something that we didn't discuss much in the podcast, but I wanted to go ahead and ask you, because we talked about it uh, back when we were initially coming up with, with the character ideas, and I found it funny, because from my standpoint, and maybe it's because I knew it, I felt like there was enough there that it was noticeable, but then we've heard other people talk about the podcast who did not catch this. But the fact that Roddy was gay, yeah, uh, and that was something you wanted to do purposely from the beginning, um, and I think in some ways, like you almost did it too well because you focused on who Roddy was, yeah, as opposed to you know something as not important to the campaign as that, and. I know that's what you wanted to do. It wanted, it wanted to be presented as this is just something that is normal, uh, but then it almost became so subtle that a lot of listeners didn't even pick up on it, uh, which may be a
1: good thing. Yeah, I think that's the best way to do it because yeah. Then yeah. it doesn't—it doesn't feel like it's shoehorned in, or it doesn't feel like this is like the sole point of that character anymore. Well,
4: it feels like and, and the the gestation of it was at the beginning of the podcast is you see four white male humans. And that was the story. Like that was those are the characters. And you know, I was keeping the elf thing under wraps for a long time. But like, man, how do I just bring a little? I mean, like, okay, I'm the one elf, and there's three humans. How do I bring a little more diversity to that? And like, Gavin would have been a tiefling. If
2: that had if, been an option, if that had been an option, I, I didn't,
1: because I, I didn't. I also didn't want to like try to homebrew a Tiefling in, because yeah. that would be that. I just thought that was a terrible idea. So I'm like, I, don't, I think I, it worked, but like, I just really, didn't at, you know, want at to. the time when we were using the
4: playtest <laughs> rules and we had the yeah. limited races and backgrounds and mm-hmm. ancestries, know, ancestries, yeah. yeah. Um, so I was like, this is. I'm trying to bring a little, but like, I know for the first. Many episodes, it just looked like four white human males are the well, characters like, fumbling, fumbling around the wilderness, yeah, 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 doing doing cis white guy things, yeah. And you, and, know. you
0: know, uh, to some degree, that's almost unavoidable because that's the i mean, we are a, yeah. a bunch of uh, white dudes as much as uh, we talk about diversity, uh, you know, we haven't been super successful yet, although we've got some diversity coming up. We've, a, we've tried, and like, COVID cut down a lot of
4: our quests to, like, really branch out and diversify more. But we have added, like, new people, and I'm excited about it. But, yeah, like, you know, it just was just, it just felt like with well, the character. Like, that was the character. So, like, did, did you
0: accomplish with Roddy what you wanted to
4: accomplish? I think so. I think so. I, I think, um, Roddy took a path I didn't expect. But, like, at the end of it, you know, Roddy dealt with his issues. He's dealt with, the like, literally the ghost... ...that he's had to deal with, like, you know, the death of his brother... um, ...you know, the the shadow of the beast hanging over him... um, ...and all that's really left is to move forward... ...into this new Faradon... ...and try to find a life... ...not a life that he thought he should have... ...or that he used to have... ...but, like, he's let go of everything... ...he's not a sailor in any fleet... ...he's, you know, he's not a, a servant to a great house... He's just Roddy. You know, obviously he's still the avatar of Razor, but like, literally, like, Roddy at this moment is standing there like, I am the only one who can decide who I am now. And that is the first time I think in Roddy's life he's been able to say that. I, I think I, I I absolutely saw that development
5: over, over time. I mean, you know, certain aspects of Roddy were still Roddy. Um, but, I mean, that whole aspect of, you know the exploration of fathers and sons and how do you deal with what you've done in the past whenever that's not what you want to be for your future and yet (laughs) you have literal physical you know the 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 physical the sins of your past are attacking you in a physical manner yeah uh in various ways uh over the course of this adventure but i mean that growth i think was evident i think you did a good
4: job role-playing thank you thank you um you know obviously anger was a theme I hadn't noticed, <laughs> you know? And like some of that is just Bradley, but like, I, you know, I, I think a fighter like that who had so that many issues, yeah, and whose whose response to everything was violence, mm-hmm. you know, that that's how that came out.
0: You know, one of those that that's an example of something that came up very early for me that took a long time to come out, because um, you know, very on you you had your backstory with the the young Alder, um, the real Alder, mm-hmm. and you know, I knew what you were going for there. So, I, it was before I think we even really started the campaign, somewhere around in the neighborhood. Or maybe it was right when you really wrote all that backstory stuff, finally. Somewhere right around there is when I came up with the idea that I knew he was going to follow the path of his, his grandfather. Uh, you know, you kind of came up with the idea that he wasn't this mighty hero or warrior of this family le, family legacy. He he was more of the meek. He, was, he had a kindness. He, and, you know, it really got me to thinking, was his ancestor that way to begin with? Or was it the necessity to fight against the Fridians that turned him into this hero. Was he a reluctant hero? You know, the, That kind of legacy, that comes later. You know, the, the who this person did and the great things that they did. Sometimes great people aren't trying to do great things, they're just trying to do the right thing and later on it becomes deemed great. So that's why I knew very early on like that's what he was going to eventually do. He was going to kind of follow a parallel path and reluctantly go do harsh things that he didn't want to do because it was the right thing to do.
4: Well, I, I wanted to, in all things, write about 80... If I was going to write something, write about 80% of it and leave the last 20 open. And then there's also that, like, at the beginning, I was like, listen, if I write something and you want to throw it in the trash, just throw it in the trash and, you know, give me a heads up and we'll figure something out, you
0: because know? yes and. Right. You know,
4: always yes and.
0: And, I, I mean, for the most part, I think everything that you had... Uh, we just pretty much ran with. Because it's uh, gold. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> every word is gold.
5: Also, you were threatening him. Do another take and get it right. <laughs> 127 27 times.
3: <laughs> Settle down, Kubrick.
0: <laughs> so, you know, the other perspective here, because, you know, we've got Sean on one end of the table who's probably the most experienced gamer here. Uh, been gaming for a long time, played a lot of characters in a lot of campaigns. Uh, then on the other side of the table, we've got the opposite end of the spectrum with Gavin, who is the newest uh, to gaming, and I know this is your first real long, ter- first sort of long-term campaign, especially that's been finished uh, outside of the Starfinder campaign. But we came in like halfway through that one, um, you know. So this is probably the first real character that you've gotten to explore for a long time, uh, and I know that you really got into it at a certain point. I, I mentioned earlier that like you just started, would just be sending me volumes of stuff you started to write, not necessarily just about a Shirian, but. Uh, things revolving around his backstory with, you know, Renzio, where he's from, and and all of that kind of stems out of his backstory. That document is at 30 pages right now. (laughs) What? uh, So, like, what was this like for you, you know, coming in as a new gamer, uh, not having really gone down this path before? You didn't have something new to explore. Like, Brad really wanted to try something new out of this. Uh, You were just, like... Trying something because this was your first time. So how was this journey f- from your
1: point of view? Well, for me, so at the start of it, because uh, you'd been, you told me that this was going to be like a more serious one, and like the way that we were going to be, like, why did you light like it? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> in, in the sense that, like, our, our characters, we would have to like be very defined and have all this stuff like that. It was going oh, to be rather character fair. driven and be more story stuff like that. Not as in like, oh, this is going to be we're hardcore, super serious, dark, like, <laughs> straw thing like that, but. And the fact that like, our characters, it would be a lot more character and story driven, so we needed to take that more seriously. But, for me, it was just kind of like a shot in the dark with Ashurian as best I could, because I'm like, I have no frame of reference of what to base this off of. So I'm like, I took like some, I was like, I took some of my favorite characters from like, literature and anything like that, and I'm like, what are some things that I like about these characters? What are like concept that is like, what is their main like symbol? What is like the concept of this character? And I wanted to try and explore some of those with Asherian, which is like the main thing that I went with Asherian was like exploring like freedom and justice with some of the main things like that.
4: Do you feel you accomplished what you wanted in the story arc?
1: I feel like I didn't get to show much of the justice side of what I was trying to show as a concept. For Shirin. I feel like there's some of it there, but part of the problem I feel that I run into is so much of it was a parallel between Asherian and Roddy's mm. characters. Both of them went through so much of the same situations, but they came out of it completely differently. And that was one of the things I was trying to, that I, I ended up playing more into later on, is that Roddy ended up becoming so angry and violent after something like that. But Asherian just became apathetic. He didn't care. And it was... It, um, but the main thing I did try to explore the freedom segment of a lot. Neci- not necessarily showing, uh, here's a Shirian and he's free, but trying to show how much of it is that he never really can be free. Yeah. How much of that is just kind of like it's a lost like it's just a concept, but it's not actually necessarily an achievable thing. I, I think you did a good job
5: in that. I mean we've mentioned it before in other talks of podcast analysis, but I mean you can really see you inhabiting that that old man I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of shit I got the I got the thousand yard stare and then but those themes you're talking about the freedom and and uh uh, liberty freedom and what freedom and justice justice that's right yeah I'm sorry it was (laughs) nearly 30 seconds ago I can't remember but anyway the point is um I think those came out I think they really did and and I think that you explored that and, and part of that you know admirable restraint early on, I think we all have sort of an inclination as role players. I want a character, Uh, though. I want to uh, give you all the information about my character because it's cool. I came up with it. And you you showed great restraint and you had 30 pages of backstory, and yet there were times the whole party, you know, had to really put you the screws to you to try to get, you know, some information. Usually about dudes that you knew that were killing us. <laughs> um, but but you you know, you kept it in like like somebody like that would do. And and again that growth was terrific and compliments also I, I especially liked um the Assyrian that emerged after you um you became an Avatar. I thought that was an interesting evolution of the character.
4: I agree with everything he says. Let me ask you something about that exact topic. Mm-hmm. How much of that was this is where I wanted Assurian to be based off the story and how much of that transition when you became a new Assurian was just the APG had come out
2: (laughs) (laughs) here's the deal so
1: Uh, it was part of it was this is what I had kind of wanted Assurian to be mostly on actually how the system mm -hmm. changed work not necessarily in who the character was right that like, wasn't ha- what I had idolized Shirian as being. That was I'm, I had always wanted Shirian to be the one who buffs and supports the party. Occasionally, can throw down a bit of a whammy, but the main thing is, is he brings in another fighter. Yeah, he brings another combatant into the board other than what we have at the party currently.
3: It's so, like how you wanted to build Shirian in the first place, but couldn't.
1: Yeah, like I wanted him to. I wanted him to be a summoner, and I wanted him to summon demons and stuff like that. There used to be an option, but then they removed it.
3: Uh, we all remember Flank Cat. Yes. <laughs> oh <Probably>, yeah. <laughs> Fondly. <laughs> uh,
1: the Thursday night at work, I I pulled
4: up the ep- I pulled up some episodes. I wanted to listen to specifically for this. One of them is when we talk about the transition from the playtest to that, and like remembering Flying Cat and how mad you were that like all those summons are now fifth level spells. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and it, it was fun to go back and listen to some of that. Like. And finally, I got my hands on those again. Got uh, some finally <laughs> <I> scrambles finally after all these years. <laughs> and, and honestly,
0: like, it did feel right. When you got to that point, it, it, there is a little bit of a, a, a shame in the fact that there was that middle ground there where some of that went away and we it took us a while for it to get back to the character that you wanted it to be. But when you got there, like, that
1: felt like a Shirian. Yeah. And I don't know any way to explain it other than, like, that just felt right. That's what... That's, that is always what I had, like... Like, gameplay-wise of how he would work and function, I had always planned for him to be like that, because a flying invisible summoner is a <laughs> very tactical class. I yeah. am not yeah. lying. Yeah.
3: Well, I, like, the monk thing, too, was like, I go into Tiger stance and then get slapped in the mouth
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> Well,
3: it's not as effective as the fighters
1: well, no and, but that way. also changed yeah, the that, way was, they changed that was mainly out. because I, not because I thought that fighter was more like assurance it's just to be honest fighter just way better dedication than monk was well yeah. and I know early on like
4: choices were made to like not optimize the character but to push what the party needed mm-hmm. and to have another frontline melee combatant um, you know that wasn't I think what you wanted to do but it's what you did do as a support
2: mm-hmm.
4: and uh, you know it did help you know but i mean obviously by the time you're at ninth level you're like okay here's all the extra fires we need here's some demons and shit yeah you know.
2: yeah
0: yeah there were a few proud nails along the way and that things changed during the play test and kind of altered some of the but we we're already so deep into it it was mm-hmm. hard to to, to to change too much um i know that like if we had to do it over again starting at first level probably isn't the right <laughs> way to do that campaign but we felt like since it was a new system, it was playtest, we really needed to, to get through that and experience that once. But I don't know that uh, it felt right for the campaign. All the we time. did 24 episodes with the playtest rules. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. that
4: is a significant amount of time. It's a lot. Like, yeah. I mean, yes. like it's more than 24 oh, weeks.
3: It's about a fifth of the whole... Yeah. like,
4: And I, I was yeah. like, man, I miss a bit of luck. <laughs> you miss what? Uh, do you remember in the playtest rules, your cleric had a bit of luck. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, the plus.
5: Yeah, that yeah. Was, that I, was nice. the I have
4: one, and you hit. Yeah. Um, let me ask you another question. Um, you know, I think initially on, you know, and God, this is over two years ago when you first joined. I think you maybe were a little nervous. You know, mm-hmm. did you ever reach where it was just comfortable, and, like you were comfortable? You just sat down with the three of us and bullshit all day, and it was no big deal.
1: Yeah, my main like, it, like, yeah, because I was I was nervous, but my main thing wasn't necessarily I af- was afraid I was gonna like, oh, I was gonna misspeak or something like that. My main like fear was that I was trying to like make a shirian work, and I was trying to bring out these concepts and stuff like that, and I was afraid that I wouldn't make it work. Yeah, that was my main fear throughout it is that I'm like, i I want this to work. I have like a goal here of what I want to try to do, but I, I don't know if I can do that. And I was w- afraid I would mess it up
4: when you tackled a complicated ass character and complicated ass build like concepts yeah. in the game system itself you know and so. that's
0: hard to do for uh, you know especially somebody who's new to this because you know people are like eh, can you give me tips or tricks of how to make a good character and like and we can give you some tips and tricks but the truth is that you've got to do all of this for a while before you start to understand what works for you i mean i know we give sean a lot of crap about not having come up with a lot for Father Becker. But honestly like that's a, sh- that's a strong suit. Sean himself like you are the best at taking very little and turning it into a lot. Like more so than I can do. I know more so than what Brad can do. Yeah. Um you can take that little kernel and turn it into to so much. One of my personal favorite episodes is when we did the Father Becker backstory episodes cuz we had a fairly brief uh, sort of like little text back and forth about what kind of what you had to do, and then you just came in, sat down over there, and pretty much did all of that in one take. Yeah, it was, like, a, one, it was I, a one take. Yeah, thing. I can't do that shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had to have a fucking production. I was writing
4: scripts just to make sure I kept all my shit together. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it, it's kind and, and generous
5: of you to say that. Maybe, probably too generous. I've, I, I, I'm, I'm just full of shit, and so <laughs> every now and then. It, you turn the you turn on the spigot and that's what comes out but, but, but it's it kind works.
0: of you to say it works for you and for somebody mm-hmm. like gavin who's new to this who doesn't know you know what is the medium of how much do i need to come up with to start with to prime what i want to do and how much do i need to develop along the way uh like you don't know what works well for you until you just do it some and you hadn't before so you were trying to you know you're trying to figure that out While actually doing it on a podcast. I
4: find it's it's best to play like a character one way for like fifty episodes Mm -hmm. and then completely like switch it up. (laughs) Just so you get more practice. I want a new character. Hey, guess what? (laughs) I can't change can't change the character, but I'm gonna change him.
3: (laughs) I was pretending the whole time. Which I was, you know. You were playing a dude disguised (laughs) as another dude. Dude. I
4: was I was wearing white face the whole time. No. (laughs) That's wait, how
3: do I feel about that?
5: (laughs) What? Um, it, it, yeah, by the way, I will say that uh, you know it's interesting. I, I I am at this point in my life. I love Pathfinder Second Edition so much. It's such a rich rule system. There's and I'm but it's taken me this long, you know, really to 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 get that feel for it. It's it's kind of funny um, when you look back at it, as, you know, as you noted where we started, where we were doing playtest rules, and then it's like the new rules, and then finally, you know, I don't know, maybe six months or so ago or. Or so I was like, you know
4: what, this is all, I, I get it. I understand how this stuff works. It's great. Now, is that just you're familiar with the system? Or you're finally, you finally learn how to play your character? Th- like I think you can make a pretty good argument <laughs> I
2: never learned how to play my character.
4: There was some shit that it's like, at the end, I'm like, oh,
5: look at this. this is how this, look at this clerical shit I can do, guys. I had no idea. So there's some of that. But I think just also I've had enough experience now with 2E in this campaign and some others that I, I've realized how much good thought went into it. And how rich the system really
0: is. And, and for the record, is not giving us anything to say all this. we I mean, could. We asked. Yeah, please do. We tried. We'll take uh, it. The, for some reason, they didn't return our calls. I don't know. It's weird. But uh,
3: <laughs> or, or email.
0: Yeah. Or, or the many, many emails, the spam calls. All the dude pics we I sent. Hired, yeah. That might moment. have been. That's
3: Somehow yeah, when you leave, like, troubling. six voicemails in a row like, Jon Favreau's character. In, uh, <laughs> wow. Happy Hogan? The, yeah.
4: Jason, no, I love it. you. Why would you go back?
3: What's the... What's that movie he's in? he <laughs> uh, shit. <We laughs> call, he calls that girl, like, six times in a row because her voicemail keeps cutting him off. <laughs> and it's just the
2: oh, it's cringiest
3: a, shit you've ever seen. Like a real old
0: one? Yeah, it was like real, one it's like one of his like first appearances. Mm-hmm.
3: I can't remember. It's not Swingers, is it? No, yeah, I think it is. Is that what it is? Is it nice sure. Yeah, I think that, he is. That's his. Like, that's yeah. He wrote it. It's been that. 20 years since I've seen him. Yeah, it's
5: players. been a while for me, too. He, uh,
3: anyway. Yeah. You say all that to say this, which was? Uh, Jason Bowman won't return my call.
2: <laughs> 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 you, did,
4: you did
5: send those nudes, did you? Brad did. Well.
4: yeah. I mean, I mean, admittedly, it would work about as well as if I sent one of you guys a nude of me. I yeah, Again? I got, <laughs> I got left unread. If you <laughs> get the
5: text that <laughs> <it> says. <laughs> Brad has sent you a picture. Just don't. Dude, just uh, don't don't click on it. It's like oh, it's a
4: lake.
0: No 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 don't don't. Nope, That's nope. how I get you. Yeah. So uh, you know we've kind of covered some character stuff. Let's, let's talk a little about the campaign. Uh, you know how did that progress? Trash beginning to end.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> written by a <laughs> sadist. <laughs> Actually, I have one thing. Uh, character wise, what like you got? to Bring up. So we talked some off mic and maybe some on mic about like character level and I'm kinda curious what everyone else was plotting out for the next couple of levels because at level nine I took Ranger dedication as part of humans get a feat where you just get a dedication, a multi class dedication. And Ranger to me stood out as being like Hatham's hey, the hunter. There's like some some tracking things, there's some crossbow feats that I didn't really get to get to play out. Pick up those feats and and get into that, but I'm kind of curious what what people were thinking for the next couple of levels, where where builds were were going.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I, Brad, were you gonna say something? About
4: well, that? You know, to answer his question, like I'm pretty boring because you know I think with Path Builder too, I think we all had our characters through level 20 mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. because it's so damn easy to like build. Yeah. But like I never could have a concept like some of you multi-class did cool stuff. I could never find a concept of a multi class that one made sense to me and two that just like seemed right. Roddy was a fighter like 1 through 20. Like well, you and know. fighter's
2: got
0: so many great feats anyway that like, you know you can do a lot with it.
4: But it's just going to be like, "Oh, I pick up more tricks." Mm-hmm. If there's never a like, "Oh, at level 15 I become like the god-smiting fighter or I get angelic powers." It's just I pick up more tricks, more feats, more feats, like more shit i can do in combat and that's the only thing i could ever imagine him doing and maybe that's just i don't have a good imagination but like nothing yeah. ever made sense to multi-class there's no shame in a straight class fighter i yeah.
5: mean that there's a lot of ass kickery that that happens if you stick to that to the straight and
4: narrow well i don't think like you know the combats like yeah i'm gonna waste a couple of levels in wizard that cool with you guys like I don't think we could have survived. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we,
5: were, we were we were close to the edge a lot. I mean, especially given the fact that, I mean, you know, you're, I mean, there's some great uh, demons being summoned, the occasional dinosaur that shows up and, uh, but, uh, and then, you know, stuff, good times. Um, but in terms of, you know, frontline, I'm taking a lot of damage and I'm dishing it out. That was yours. Yeah. And, and uh, we needed that. And, and if we didn't have that, like all the time, we're fucked. I mean one of the I,
3: nice things about class progression in Pathfinder 2 is like if you dip into a multi class or take a dedication of an archetype, you're not giving up like fighter still gets a great to hit and the proficiency track is the same with weapons, armor, whatever. It's just like you're expanding the pool of options you have for feats and yes, yeah, some of those are are good to have, like exacting strike probably ended up being like the MVP of your for feet, sure. of your feet list. for sure, yeah. But like, you know, you can kind of you can kind of just take the core class, start throwing in some dedications and dedication feats, and and still feel like you're getting a lot of the core out of the class. I will you know? say
4: I will say this for Fire at Level Nine, um, because you know, basically the whole campaign, Rwadi's a sword and long sword and board kind of guy. When you get to that point when you can just wake up in the morning and like I want this feat
5: today yeah, that's a pretty sweet now thing. you've got yeah.
4: flexibility like Roddy could have been like do you know what today I'm a sword open hand guy tomorrow I'm a spear guy mm-hmm. you know yeah. like you just I, yeah, I can do different
3: things right motherfucker and put him flat footed
4: yeah I, I always always had this vision that at some point you know some shit was going to happen we are going to end up in a coliseum and it was like what are you without your sword and I'm like I'm still the most dangerous man here like, mm-hmm. like pick up any weapon and just go to town you know
5: in answer to your original question, um, I, I will say that in terms of what I'd plan for the future, um, it will surprise people probably to know that I didn't have a real firm plan of <laughs> what was going to happen. Really now,
3: swinging it the whole time. Well,
5: you know, I mean, there were clerical stuff that presumably, if I'd read that far in the section of the book, they're like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, you get additional stuff well, if you go further." That's that's pretty cool. But <laughs> I wish I were lying. But the point is, is that I, I was most, I was most excited about was the fact that as my levels went up, I could summon bigger and cooler dinosaurs. Yeah. I mean, the Hadrosaur was fine, but I think at 10th, um, I would have been able to get... I think it was an Ankylosaurus, uh, and that would have been great. And if yeah. I if we'd managed to hit 12th, I forget what the level 6 dinosaur was, but it was it's a good one. It's like a T-Rex or something, I, right? I, I think T-Rex is, is still a little bit up there. I think it might have been the Triceratops. It might be CR9. Yeah. Uh, and so I was really looking forward to put some of the classic cool dinosaurs in. I will mention this. Um, you know, Father Becker's a messed up build because when we originally started I really wanted to be a... I really wanted to be a rogue cleric and more rogue than cleric <laughs> because I wanted... because I, I, I like I like getting in and, and sticking sharp objects into people <laughs> in combat. And so well, that's a great rogue thing. But then it, it was like, well, it doesn't really support that and, and so we really need to cleric more. Maybe I'll build into rogue stuff later on, but my initial stats and stuff are, even with a rebuild, I kind of even messed that up. So they're, yeah. they're all kind of <laughs> all over the place um, and, and um, not optimized in any way. And 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 then, of course, we learned in, like, level one, oh, yeah, you're going to have to have a cleric that does cleric-y shit. <laughs> well,
4: B- I, because... We learned that in the play-testing. Like, yeah, play testing. yeah. Like, You know, because you remember, I was a rogue at the beginning. Yeah. You know, I was like, I'm already the rogue, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, Oh god, we're not gonna make it. Yeah, we need a we need a we need a dedicated uh, Cause know, fighter I was, guy. I was like, "All right, boys, let's get in melee." And the three of you were like, "No, that would be a terrible choice for my character based off yeah. class." I'm like, "Oh, huh?" Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was I was proud
5: of the fact that at the end, and I I, I so infrequently got into fights. Um, even though I was ready for it. I mean I no. a good armor class and I hit pretty decently with the thing. I was a pretty good secondary fighter, but it just worked. But after a certain point and it's like oh, well, it will duh on that's a clerical thing. If I get into that fight, they're gonna start hurting me and I'm gonna have to use party resources, my spells, essentially, to heal myself, to keep me alive. Whereas if I stand back, I could just dedicate it keeping other people
0: alive. Anyway. And I like how we're, like, avoiding, because we know we're going to throw this over to Gavin on um, what shit Asheria would get, but we're all dreading what horrible... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Because we're like, is it <laughs> Triceratops or a T-Rex? She's over here. like, what demon-devil-awful hybrid thing are you just about to summon? Troubling. Troubling. Level 15,
4: I summon Dave Grohl dressed as Satan. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Next album's a disco album, from what I hear. Yeah, it's the DGs.
2: hmm Yeah, nice.
4: Yeah, <laughs> Literally, they're covering B G S track. Yeah, yeah. That's great. It's going to be a great oh, album. Part of me hates it, part of me loves it, I'm not sure. Yeah. So what, what was coming up 1st year in?
1: Uh So one of the main things is I would get my Greater Bloodline spell, which would grant me Abyssal Wrath. Yep. <laughs> yep there it is. Here it comes. There it is. Here it comes. <laughs> here it
3: here comes. <laughs> Let's hear what six shit Satan's this is. Satan's
1: Taint. <laughs> um, you evoke the energy of the Abyss. Uh-huh. The day... De- the the damage types of the spell one energy and one physical are based on the result of a roll on the table below. Huh. So I roll um, two separate one d fours, and it determines what it is. So I can um, I can either do so for the energy types, it can be lightning, sonic, fire, acid. I think that's it. It could be wrong. It's or no, there's also ice. It's all the basic mm-hmm. elements, sure. right? And then for the physical ones, it chooses between bludgeoning, piercing, or slashing. Yeah. And I believe there's also force as an option. And so then I I rolled I rolled those both, and then it gives me a random one and the ideal 4d6 of both of the corresponding ones. So it's a total of 8d6 damage, but it's 4d6 split between those two. So it's like just some random demonic
0: power. Like, issues forth and damages the hell out of people. That's
1: pretty sweet. Yeah, so if I could accidentally get lucky and be like, Oh, bludgeoning an acid on Father Becker. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's not lucky. That's not lucky. Is that one action? Uh, no, it is two actions. Okay. That's it. <laughs> Dear God. Like, you could do that and also, <laughs> also, it's a 60-foot cone, and at this point, a sharing oh. would have widened spell, which I could make that even <laughs> larger. Jeez. Yeah, I Pipes. could make that a 90-foot cone, I believe, is what that could go up to good lord
5: yeah how nice that's awful
1: yeah I was always curious like how a a battle
4: royale scenario would play out because I think Assyrian would get jumped just from that that standpoint Mm -hmm. because Assyrian would be like yeah I'm about to cast some like bullshit that's like a (laughs) bunch of crazy shit and the three of us are like can we just put this aside for the moment? <laughs> no, no.
1: Can we kill shuriken? This is the exact reason why I took the flying invisible <laughs> option for him, is I'm like, I know that there is no circumstances at any point during any battle where shuriken is not going to get prioritized target the second he's like, 90-foot cone of abyss. do you guys see where that come from? Yeah, I can deal with the invisible, it's just the flying. Like, that's... <laughs> That's, uh, that's why I took it because <laughs> most people can deal with one of those but not both
4: I, the first chance I, I took were like with Rod I remember that, I remember that beach bullshit where it's like mm-hmm. I'm trained to like fight invisible shit I was waiting <laughs> I was like I know Rich this is, this is going to accomplish one of two things we'll have a tool bag when invisible creatures are going to show up or oh, Richard knows I have it, <laughs> and we'll never have to deal with an invisible creature the rest of the campaign. <laughs> I'm you, good either way.
5: Was your tool that one where you uh, you get a fighter feat? We can stick a knife in it, and revealing follow, follow it around. Yeah. Yeah.
4: and uh, I am okay wasting a feat that we never really had
0: to fight an invisible creature mm-hmm. the whole time. You, I, that's great. You used it against the fight uh, in Kasarat against Hatham's, uh you did his cousin, and then fight the uh, yeah. oh
2: hey,
3: <laughs> 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 then it chopped her fingers off.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, she
4: wants
3: me. <laughs> she uh, wants a prosthetic <laughs> <laughs> she,
4: She'd like fingers
1: she, she wants me on a shelf, a shelf. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> Mounted mm-hmm. on a wall as it were
1: Other fun things That was just one Part one um, So I will get a heightened summon fiend Which is where I can start sending the uh, demon rogues And the uh, basically demon equivalents Of uh, clerics Where they huh. can start casting inferno healing And things like that Or additionally just the 7th level fighter one which is pretty straightforward. But imagine a, a barbezu, but level seven.
5: Yeah, some nasty with power stuff, attack
1: combined with vampire exonification, which will give me a 12d6 oh. <coughs> negative energy and negative energy damage, at which I heal half. Oh, we to kill you in your sleep, just like
4: <laughs> like Luke Skywalker and and
1: um, Kylo Ren, Kylo like. Mm-hmm
4: sorry, I just, I can't take a chance.
1: <laughs> no. uh, also, heightened slow, where I can target up to ten creatures at a time. <laughs> well, I can see you explaining that to us, like, guys, I
5: feel terrible. I had to, I had to kill a shirt, and I hope you'll forgive me. We're like, oh, oh thank, no, that's oh, good. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, oh. We were gonna bring that up. Here's so. his journal. It yeah. was worse than we thought. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the,
4: the things, look at, don't look at the pictures. It'll, the but fuck's a vampire abyss? We're never gonna have to find out. Can, can, can I burn this one? Yeah, yeah, burn it. Burn it. Yeah, no, it's it, this is knowledge that
5: should not ever be known.
4: Hailstorm of Bremerax! What the fuck yeah. is this spell?
5: <laughs> you know, we're figuring out who's the next dark lord we're gonna have to face in the future. <laughs> it's a Sheridan.
1: have you read my campaign notes? <laughs> no, uh,
5: not. You have better security than your dad. <laughs> uh, oh, no, no.
0: So uh, but how did the, the campaign progress for you guys, like not just uh, from a character standpoint, but as we kind of navigated through this, I know there was a lot of questions, there was a lot of mystery, there was a lot of what the fuck is happening uh, kind of moment. How did that move forward and resolve for you guys?
4: The stakes got higher faster than I thought, because I, I think a lot of us initially were like, all right, cool, this is a happy-go-lucky tale of like four dudes exploring a wilderness and that's the campaign Which, and very quickly it did not it, it was not that at all
3: I mean it went from happy go lucky <laughs> to like they're demon piranhas I cast disrupt undead. <laughs> yeah, and then we were like oh god
1: yeah, whenever he casts like a disrupt undead on the demon piranhas, and they went off like a frag grenade. <laughs> well, Shireen was laying no, no, on the floor, no about the, to get coup de The, the, the
4: piranhas
1: uh-huh. did not do that. It, it was, was the, the skeletons,
4: skeletons before that. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
5: well, you know, and, and that's uh, of my friends who listen to the podcast, and of that, I mean, there's like two. But the point is. I get more shit from that. (laughs) And it's like, well, we were learning how to do this. We didn't know.
4: (laughs) Skeletons, we didn't know they exploded. Yeah, well, you know what? fucking level two character faces exploding skeletons?
5: Because you know what? Normally they do not, but some asshole judge (laughs) decided to put them in and make them
4: have that power. I set the tone. I'm like, you know, you might see that at, like, level nine, level eight, maybe seven, something like that, but, like, level two exploding skeletons, you're done.
1: You're fucking done. We went in there, like, the first, like, the first episode of Goblin Slayer, that like that first fight with the skeletal champion was like the sword clinking off the ceiling because like a laying on the floor about to get coup de grace by the skeletal champion. We're just like, please. Was it the first fight, the alligator?
2: Yeah,
4: that was the yeah. First fight. Mm-hmm. That was that was fun. Tough Cause, fight because it was just like, oh, it's an alligator. This is appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> and that was the last <laughs> appropriate combat. And yep. and <laughs> <right>. <laughs> that
5: was. You could almost see him making the notes in his little pad. That's like CR is bullshit. We
4: we're, were like, alright, that was kind of a tough little fight. We killed an elevator. High fives all around. Everybody yeah. feels good. It was just like, never again. <laughs> right in exploding skeletons. You, all with no pain. <laughs> all four were smiling. Never again.
3: Undead
5: minnows. Or whatever. Yeah.
4: yeah fucking
2: whatever. Yeah.
3: I think the uh, the kind of like mysteries and the questions that we had, though, were like, they were peeled back in kind of organic ways. Where I mean, there was one or two times, but... There wasn't a whole lot of like, here's a lore dump, that answers a bit, that's like a bombshell. But it was like, things start to make sense as we begin to understand them and see more in a way that felt kind of organic.
5: Yeah, yeah absolutely. And and you know, that isn't... Uh, uh, oh, gosh. I don't want to give a compliment to Richard. Um, <laughs> but, you but you that, look pained. That, you do yeah, at the moment. It s- hurts. It could be indigestion from the Taco Bell, but it's also possible... Uh, That it is this. But that is an art, and and not everyone is accomplished at that art, including people who are rich and famous and get a lot of credit. I mean, you look at this mystery box idea where you've got these mysteries (laughs) and you've got to learn how they are going to, you know, how they're going to work out. And I mean, some people do it and forget to, you know, ignore certain aspects or forget to deal with certain issues, like a a certain. J.J.
3: Abrams, or intentionally or, don't reveal things
5: exactly. Or I'm thinking like Chris Carter, who did the X Files, where mm. it took years and years and years for even the most basic stuff to be revealed. And here we had a campaign where, at a steady pace, we were learning more and building upon that. Were additional answers and additional and additional mysteries. But uh, you know, in the end, I mean, they all got they all got resolved. And I, I think, as you indicated, it, it was at a, a good pace in an organic way. And, um, and, and so it kept one's interest in the campaign through, throughout the entire time. So, um, go ahead.
4: I know for me, like pretty much are on like level five, whenever we talk to an NPC, Karate puts his boots up on the desk because he's like, you're not going to give us the whole fucking story anyway. Just <laughs> say what you got to say so we can move on to the next thing. And inevitably it'd be like, yeah, I was holding still something back for security. Or, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Like I, I, you know, part of that was like, I'm a fighter. All this talky-talk shit is like, you know, but also like, oh, you're talky-talky, but I know you're still holding something back, Mm -hmm. X NPC, not just one NPC, like, I'm not picking out one, like, there's enough of like, well, I gotta keep my cards close to my chest, like, then why are we even fucking playing poker, Yeah. you know, (laughs) but like, that's F Fighter's irrational view of like, Mm -hmm. like, everything hinges on every single movement, you know, one misstep, everything collapses, but like, Rai doesn't care, Rai doesn't understand that like, you're holding something back, I can tell, I know, I know bullshit when I smell it, and whatever, let's get to the next thing.
1: I never really got to state it, and I was hoping that it would be, like, just, like, visible, I guess, but, like, with the shearing I was trying to play out with the fact that, like, he knew that no one was going to tell us the full story, and part of it is he was used to that after being in the Rangers for so long, nobody tells you the entirety of what's going in there, that's just a liability at that point. And so he kind of got used to that. But at the same time, the times when he does get annoyed are the ones where he's like, No, Jesus Christ, we really need to know this thing. I'm mm-hmm. like, why are you not telling us this thing? And we need to know. It.
5: I might mention that <clears throat> I think that one of the reasons also that I appreciated the way that the mysteries were revealed <clears throat> because there was one fairly big campaign mystery that was tied up in, in the development of my character. I didn't know. and oh, yeah. It, you know. As we've said, I had no idea who my God was, and what was going on. And there were a few moments where it was like, am my God the bad guy? Is this? <laughs> is this am I the? Uh, you know?" Am there I was the...
4: there was once or twice where like you might have got stabbed in your sleep. Like, I, I, are, uh-huh. we, are we the baddies? Not <laughs> not by like anything you had done, Sean. Yeah, no, but, but like the way the story shaped mm-hmm. out is like, well, if he's the avatar of the next evil god, that's going to end the world. Mm-hmm. We could just nip this in the bud right now,
5: man.
2: I,
4: I wondered that myself. Oh, I'm sorry, little um, one.
5: I, I have to confess this, that there were a couple of times where I'm like, well, if he's making my character out to be a bad guy, how much leeway is he going to give me? <laughs> Can I turn into the heel at the last minute and suddenly go, all right, ah, uh, you know. And, and is Rich going to keep me alive somehow? <laughs> you know, do I become an NPC at that point? You know, what, what happens? And so, um, I'm glad. I I, I really enjoyed the way it came out. It felt really good. Although, I have to admit, (laughs) first time I cast Spiritual Weapon, and it was a rock.
2: (laughs) Because I... I, I, We got mileage out of that. I
4: I
5: warned him ahead of time. I said, listen, Richard, sometime I'm going to cast Spiritual Weapon, so you know it takes the form of the... You know the favorite weapon of you your really deity. You thought
0: you were gonna get a spoiler too. That I thought way, like, we're gonna learn something about uh, it. it this, and we're gonna get this. Right. Here comes. The, so you yep. better be ready. The fucking spoiler. And I'm like, here you go, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. was a rock? Have a rock. And, but it, uh, I, it made yep. the most sense. Yeah. When no, you said it, that. It, I'm like, it made the most sense it, for it to be a rock, I, and that's uh, just gonna fuck with you. It, even it more. went from like,
4: is Sean the avatar of all evil and must be like silenced, mm-hmm. to like. Is God's... Is Sean's God autistic? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's,
1: except for Sean's God. He's special. I, I was thinking, it's, a
4: rock. it's gonna be a
5: scythe or something. He's yeah. the God of death. And then it's, it's a
4: rock. Here's a rock. And the, the yeah. three characters are like, what now? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm looking back at you like, i yeah uh,
5: it's a rock. Does, does it grow? Is it like a Pokemon? No, it's just, does it just a big. Appears to be a big old rock, and it's made of force. The which more cool. it things, does it oh, get like?
2: Yeah, he <laughs> summoned an yeah. elemental.
3: A rock elemental.
5: Mm. No,
3: no, it's just it's a rock, and you throw it. Yeah. What? <laughs> that's that's how that works. Continue yeah. that mm-hmm. for the life character. Uh, I was gonna
5: <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm gonna... hmm? Oh, I was gonna say that. I'll tell you another thing I like uh, about the development of the campaign. Although it pains me, is um, I really got a kick of the time jump, that whole aspect, And yeah. but, but what the part that pains me is I wish we'd spent more time in the past, but I mean, and I, I keep defending the, our decisions to myself, but A, we were a little freaked out. Uh, and B, we were like, we have a mission we have to accomplish.
2: Well, like...
5: But I would
0: have well, liked to, have, in it, retrospect, like the, I would have liked to explore it more. You know that, that trope in a in campaign where, like, the characters seem to do everything but the right thing on purpose? Mm-hmm. Like, you guys were the opposite of that <laughs> trope. Like, I expected there to be some meandering and going around. And, like, you guys were so on point and on mission that you guys, like, went directly to the goal, did everything exactly right way. And, like I said, I can't fault you for any of it. That's why I didn't, like, try to work around it at all because every decision you made made perfect sense. It's just so rare for a group to make all the right decisions. It's for rare everybody. for <laughs> us to make the
3: right decisions. <laughs> like Majora's Mask, dawn <laughs> of the first day. They Wait, they did it? They, they beat it? What?
4: Here's the thing though, like with that, with the, the Oak Crest scenario, ha- if the day had not reset everything, we probably would have explored more. But like, every new day, everything went back to zero. Yeah. So True. we were like, we really can't affect anything unless we can do it all in one day. Mm-hmm. And it's sure. like, okay, can we have like ten wacky adventures in one day? No.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: No. But like, if we do a wacky adventure, it's a cool listening audio moment for the listener, but it will accomplish nothing. Like, yeah. and, and, you know, though, uh, although
5: it is, uh, he did have the perfect setup for those wacky adventures, because we could, without right. almost without consequence.
0: Well, And I had some plot points out there that you guys were going to be able to discover on these little... I guess you could call them side quests at that point that I had in mind that were going to link some things back around. Um, You know, uh, Sean asked earlier off mic about the the fact that the shields had different symbols. That was one of the things that you guys were going to be able to discover. Uh, That was probably the only one that really created uh, an unsolved mystery. The rest of them would have just revealed things that I ended up having to reveal in other ways. But there were things you guys could have figured out then. Um, And that's why I said that's why I didn't try to do a timeout and let's figure out a way to get those back in because everything just seems so organic that you guys did go straight to the end that's like okay well now i have to work with that because it would be it would feel inorganic if i did anything else
4: but we were always we always tend to be mission focused i mean yeah i mean you know that is absolutely the case can i
5: bring up another thing about the campaign that i like because go ahead, go ahead. eventually i'm waiting for you guys got sean just just nah, now now's the time because, um i i um liked the fact that we introduced the side quests and brought in additional characters and additional voices not just additional characters for us who may have had different voices but other people who got to be a part of the campaign
1: yeah
5: when that was initially suggested that we had there was a talk going on um, online and and it was um, you know what can we do to energize the campaign mm-hmm. you know breathe a bit more life into us we've been doing this for a little while and then I, some one of you, one of you, or, or some other people, uh, maybe it was synergy, came up with this idea of doing that, and I, I had nothing to contribute to it. I was like, okay, you know, <laughs> um, sure, and 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 then you know, but people started running with it, and and you know, I had kind of an idea of a character that I wanted to try, uh, basically because Cobalt had become an option. I always love playing Cobalt. Yeah. Uh, Little Dragon Men are fun, um, but um, but it really was great. It was fun to play in other people's mini adventures. It was fun to play with cool people that we knew from outside uh, of of this immediate group. Um, But it was also cool to, um, I mean, you know, friends of ours who are actual listeners of the podcast say, like, come on in and play
4: a character for a little bit. I don't like we all kind of hit like a lull, and maybe it was like burnout a little bit. It was like, there was, I think I started the text. I was like, guys, I think it's getting a little stagnant. Like, I don't want to offend anybody. And then immediately everyone's like, Yeah, no, we all feel it. Like, what could we do to spice some shit up? And then everything that came out of that was gold. It was really good. Yeah, like all yeah. the side stories and different characters and getting people involved was just was great. And like after that I think it did re energize everybody
0: to finish it
4: like after all those sides start like yeah okay let's get this like
0: let's get this bread I think that's a classic example I know like one of my personal philosophies is that the best thing you can do is set your ego aside mm-hmm. and you know if, if a bunch of egos would have gotten involved in that conversation suddenly everybody's butt hurt as opposed to no our goal is to make this better yeah and we, we're, we're seeing a problem we all see it we all knew it so instead of not talking about it we talked about it and we came up with a good solution it was that shot in the arm that everybody needed uh, and I think that in many ways, it made for uh, a better story. It, it really helped it along. So it's just a great example of how that's a better way to solve problems. A lot of good came
4: out of that, too, including, like, new voices. I mean, mm-hmm. hell, like, okay. the Mountain Tale. that whole cast is basically... Yeah, they're all in there at one point or yeah, another. Yeah, we, we harvested that whole crew from those side stories. You know, and interesting locations and stories and stuff, too. I mean,
5: just compelling compelling stuff it was it was a great bit of world building uh... to be able to engage in with those those side quests, so that was good stuff.
1: I gotta have a lot of great fun with the characters too, and not even just the ones I was playing, but like the ones we interacted with during those. Like, oh, I the, know but, you love Jean Bart, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know, the, it is a great character. the the red the red sand the short raiders. Red
4: sand raiders, man. Oh my uh. god,
1: that that went from like a story where I was like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna play this Jean Bart character. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be. I'm literally basing him <laughs> off of the character Jean Bart that I have seen from Van Helsing, and I'm like, I need. I'm like, I need. Well, it character. was funny because, like, the four
4: of us got together for the Roddy side thing. And we're like, "Let's murder hobo this shit up because it's gonna be brutal." <laughs> and we all brought these fucking stone cold killers to the theater. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was that was like, yeah, those, that expectation got subverted, fucking hard. So that's a good question. So whenever, th- is,
5: did you intentionally uh, do that, uh, subvert expectations in that case when you knew? how how hardcore they were you
0: know we talked a little bit about that energizing like it energized me as well like when that all happened storyline wise because i had this idea like originally like you were going to go through a series of quests together with the main cast to complete each person's little mini arc kind of thing it wasn't with other people and other cast members so that that idea got amalgamated into this idea of bringing other people in and then each person got their own little mini arc out of it and that like that came to me just right away. Okay, like, here then here's what we have to do. So then when I did that, and you guys started throwing character ideas at me, and the other people started throwing character concepts back at me, and I started seeing who was playing what. And like I said, we know a lot of these people, so I kind of know, you know, how they play or the things they do. So when th- those character sheets came my direction, I kind of saw the the writing on the wall, in some aspects of it. So I immediately did. And, and like I said, you know, you guys are the stone cold killers. I, I saw like this is a this is a combat heavy group. But what they're not prepared for is theater yeah. community theater <laughs> wrong roddy's sophisticated <laughs> and shit mm-hmm. but
4: my logic for that was like young roddy who is adopted by a duke he's like going
1: to, going to the fucking opera
0: i don't want to go to the opera <laughs>
1: you're gonna learn some culture boy <laughs> although i gotta say though with the Red Sand Raiders, whenever we first entered that like palace and there was those drakes there, yeah. Oh my <laughs> god! Oh yeah, that was like that the was, most brutal combat. We he fucked just, them up. That <laughs> was that is an example of not only was each individual character optimized, but that is like <laughs> that was like a min max party. I'm they not gonna not lie. Plan Holy did The okay, funny okay, thing Christ. is that
0: was accidentally
1: <laughs> optimized. Yes,
4: yeah, yeah, with Pathfinder two, if you like group build, you can make some shit like. And that just worked out. It was like, all right, well everybody does at least one thing that buffs Roddy. Yeah. And I was like. Huh. And it all, <laughs> it all perfectly stacked, which is hard to do. Yeah, and like, I know, like, John Bark's like, okay, here's the thing that helps all of you. Also, I'm going to shoot 48 arrows each round. Like, tight, <laughs> tight, 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 tight. And Tarnak's like, I, I've got everything you need. And then
1: Adam, like, uh, Syllabus was just like,
4: I'm creepy, I do weird shit, and here's lightning. You know, like, Zill's
1: kind of shit. Yeah. You know? Now they're stuck in one position. They can't move. You've been given all the buffs known to man, and it just yeah. gets shot with four arrows, like, and there's a lightning bolt coming yeah. its way. Yeah.
3: Like, you get struck by lightning, metal weapon. Hit yeah. easier
1: <laughs> yeah we and had like big dick energy
4: so then the next thing came along is like you're late for the audition we're like say what
1: <laughs> i just uh, where's my stabby things that that first round of combat when john won the initiative and it was just like i made the monster uh knowledge check and i was like okay here's all the bonuses you all get all of this stuff and then they were like oh tight 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 okay moving on to the next one, i was like whoa, whoa 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 hold on that was my first action <laughs> <laughs>
4: You're like, oh shit! Well, I hadn't looked at Archer since the playtest, mm-hmm. and playtest yeah. archers were yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, when Jean Bart comes out of the gate, a lot of us were like, "Oh, Archer, okay, let's see what this is." And it was like, "Oh, this is great! This <laughs> yeah,
3: is great! This works! Oh this my is
4: dead God. monsters! This is great!"
0: <laughs> that, those were a lot of fun, but yeah, I, I did intentionally—I say intentionally—like some of it just came to me. Yeah, I didn't sit down and say I have to subvert the tropes it was as the ideas came it's like oh yeah that stands it on his head that's a that that's the way to do it play got, getting to play maggie was
4: super sean's so it was super fun just because it was different it was a, yeah. a, something yeah. new just being like well this is actually my backup character i'm probably never going to get to like use her for anything which is mm-hmm. a shame because i like the character he's like oh here's side stories. i was like oh oh oh
1: oh this is good i'd like to mention that when we were planning for the mini arc stuff um, I had decided to join for Hatham's mini arc, and he asked me. I was like, "Oh, hey, what character concepts were you thinking of?" And I was like, "I don't know. I was thinking of something fun." And I, I said, "I was thinking maybe like a hobgoblin champion could be funny." <laughs> and like literally, he was like sitting there, just kind of like having one of those days where he's like, "Okay, cool, yeah, yeah." I said that, and literally his face went from like the hmm to like. Interesting. Like the like his eye, his eyes oh. like
0: glue, and okay. like there's a devilish grin. All right, but the, the 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 hobgoblin here's part of the the reason why that played out because as this was coming together, the last group to come together was Hathos, <laughs> and so you know like you, you know you had your stone cold killers. You had so was, as I'm seeing other groups come together, that's how I'm kind of deciding how this is gonna go. And then, as everybody there, like within the course of 24 hours, I got all of those characters in. And Sean's like, I want to play this goofy kobold. And Jake's like, I'm going to. Play a goblin who thinks I'm a shark, a goblin who thinks he's gonna grow up to an orc when he Commitment <laughs> he gets to bigger bit, the And then you're like, I'm gonna play a hobgoblin. I'm like, oh my god, Hatham has all the misfits. This is fucking great. Pile of misfit toys this for is, your like I could not pretty, have come up with an idea that good.
3: Pretty fucking fantastic.
0: <laughs> That's why when you said that I'm like, Oh my god, this is fucking amazing. We <laughs> <laughs> peace, Zills.
3: Yeah, oh you know
0: god.
5: R. I P Zills, man. I'll I tell he, you, he's you out there
1: to, somewhere uh, helping Haboclas. <laughs> 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 Yes, games, I, so. I have
5: the, the great demon hunter. Yeah, the, the great, the, You are the great hunter, huh? Eh? Oh. You know, I, I've mentioned before that I like playing dipshits.
1: <laughs> all my characters are... Never play are, a character <laughs> who's smarter than you. No, yeah,
5: you know. And they're all aspects of my personality in, in some ways or another. But um, I really got a kick out playing Zills. Uh, just because he's one of the dipshittiest characters I've, I've ever... Uh, Created. He was just. It was a lot of fun to walk around in that that little guy's shoes, and uh, yeah, I was bummed, man, when he when he croaked. Yeah. Oh, spoilers, (laughs) by the way, folks.
3: Yeah, I
4: I know. Ethan, talk about Tarnak. What what's what was your like? What was how did that guy come together?
3: So the the whole idea about Tarnak was I wanted to make a character who was like Roddy, but like a couple steps ahead on the like character development. Oh, okay. So Tarnak was essentially like. A character with a completed arc, who had already gone through that, like, he has a really violent past, and, you know, he, like, I I was brought up to hate humans, and I've come to accept that, you know, life comes full circle, and that, you know, he, he, like, became a peaceful person out of a violent past, and so... I kind of had this idea of Roddy, like, where Roddy, like, needed to be as a character, that Tarnak already was. And that was kind of the concept. Alongside the mechanical stuff of, like, the Storm Druid looked badass as shit. <laughs> <It's> cool, <laughs> and man. Roddy hates Orc, then I'm going to play an Orc.
4: I, I you know, like, I was meant to be, like, just a throwaway side character, but, like, Tarnak... Really prompted a lot of big changes in Roddy,
3: and I kind of, I kind of had hoped that could be like an interaction between those two characters, and I'm kind of glad. Like I, I was not, out that
4: way. I was not prepared for that. That was not something we talked about. But like, just the way Tarnak was, and the, like the character had that gravitas of like age and wisdom, and it was like, you know, if if Brian was like, you know, maybe if I just listen a little, like I might can learn some shit, and that really I think started the. That like you started hearing Roddy say things like, I'm trying to get better.
3: <laughs> I had a I had a thing where like if Tarnak died, he would have like summoned a like summoned a bird animal companion to take that wayfinder he yeah. had that cast Bless, and, and bring it to Roddy and be like hmm. and be like, this will help you find your way kind of
4: And then I'll like put it with all the other twenty. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs>
3: And Taranak's up there in Orc Heaven, going like "Son of a bitch!" Son of a bitch!
0: <laughs> Smite that one! That dirty <laughs> <hell>. <laughs> so, what do you? What questions do you guys have for me? Uh, we, we've covered, uh, you know, what you guys thought of the campaign. We've covered, uh, you know, a little bit about your characters. Uh, but like, at this point, I know there's times when I'm like, "We'll have to talk about this when the campaign's over." Well, it's over. Uh, so, what, what questions have you got to, to throw back at me? Is there anything um, that like? didn't come out that you were disappointed about? Um, not really. I mean, I have my own critiques of how things went, what things to do better next time. But a lot of that is from a production standpoint. I know we talked about, like, I should have progressed levels faster. Um, we didn't know exactly True. how far this was going to end.
2: Dang, you guys. only
0: we were complaining about that. <laughs> well,
2: I, I, I really I thought I...
0: the campaign was going to end up having to be longer, which is one of the things we learned, that honestly, that's too long. Yeah. I, I feel like if we'd win another year, it would have gotten stagnant somewhere again really quickly because you guys were starting to run out of things you wanted to do with characters. Uh, you know, I can come over, uh, come up with infinite ideas and story arcs, but if you don't have a way to develop those and throw it back like we talked about earlier, then it does grow stagnant. And I, I think one of the things we learned is that that many episodes is too many, but I didn't know that starting out. How, how could we? Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah. I really feel like that's one of the things I should have done Differently, honestly, it really would have worked better with this story to have started about fourth or fifth level, and then progressed from there. Uh, I know we made that decision because we wanted to really focus on the playtest rules and kind of show people that first level experience on. But I don't know that that was actually the best solution for the campaign. I think that may have been uh, a shoehorn a little bit, and eh, you know. But hindsight's 2020.
5: You know, though, in retrospect, I would have. I probably would have messed up my character in that. I probably would have built him. To be more of a half-and-half half kind of character without the understanding that, oh, yeah, again, we, we need clerical magic. We need hit point healing most of the time.
4: The next party would have adjusted.
5: <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know,
3: we died we the second episode. And then two,
4: two characters die. You rearrange at that point. It's fine.
5: They did. They had sent out a bunch of parties into the wilderness, right? We're one of the ones that came back.
3: You were like three or four, yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Anything um,
0: else, Richard? Uh, what do you guys have?
3: So with... You know, like, players sometimes tend to take left turns and and surprise the GM. Was there ever a, a point where you ended an episode and were like, fuck, how am I going to do the next three episodes for this shit?
0: Um, not really quite to that. I knew there was episodes where Iogan is over, I had to go rewrite it. I'm like, okay, now I have to rewrite something I have. Because I try not to write too far ahead of time anyway. I had outlines and ideas, but I was never like, I've got the next 12 episodes completely written. I really tried to never have them completely finalized until we finished the recording before that, Uh, which is sometimes where we had to put some recording close together and made it a little tough, and partially for that reason, because I didn't want to ever write myself into a corner. But there were definitely times where at the end of it, I'm like, yeah, okay, well, what I've got next that's more fleshed out, I've got to go change that now because of of stuff that you guys had done. But rarely ever was it a, a, a complete, oh, shit, what do I do now? I think you we went back to earlier where like, I always treated it more like that improv, where it was less about you've completely fucked me over, to more about how do I add to that.
4: Yeah, I mean if we complained you fucked us over, it was like CR. Like, I don't think we ever had
0: complaints complaints. Oh, that was like, I don't like that story thing. It was like, well, what the fuck, Bruce? this is like a way too high level. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, it, it, you know, came back that way. Honestly, more often than not, the things that were surprising added so much. That where it was like, that's better than I could have planned it. You know, that that's way better, uh, as opposed to it derailed something.
4: I, I do appreciate all the shit you have let me give you the entire time because definitely like when we were talking about like, hey, we want to do a podcast. Like, cool, cool. Like, what are sort of, some things we should do? I definitely was like, oh yeah, combat should be hard. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I mean, it it should be. We're, we're playing a simulation of real world danger, and if if there isn't some stress on the table.
4: Well, yeah, because the the whole point was like, yeah, we need to sell like urgency, like Mm -hmm. to make it real. So I could definitely appreciate that. Rich let me bitch forever, because that was like, you know, this is your fault,
3: right (laughs) (laughs) And he never brought that up.
4: (laughs) He never did. He never did. And that's why I'm doing it now, because it was like, you think I should like ever pull punches and stuff? I was like, nah, man, let motherfuckers die. It'll give us cred.
1: (laughs) So here's here's the deal, because. I remember with Kingmaker that I'm running at the very first book, the very like the very first like opening scroll, like right after they tell you like the like the Star Wars opening scroll where they're like, Oh yes, here's the story of the Empire and like, Galaxy Far Away. Yeah, like it does a little tricks, and it's like in Kingmaker, you should never downplay an encounter. You can only ever scale up an encounter if it is too low level for the party. Never scale down an encounter. If it is too difficult for the party to handle, they will either die or they will learn to run. That I was like, <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, this is going to be difficult. <laughs> no, Gavin, you were like, "Oh yeah,
4: <laughs> <laughs> this is what I want." That is still the best campaign I think we ever played. Was when
0: Ken ran Kingmaker. Like, oh, Ken, we miss you so much. I, He's just—I
4: gotta tell you guys,
2: every
5: episode, every two weeks, we play Skull and Jackals with the Cthulhu enhancements,
4: and um, <laughs> it's it's great. It's it's of the level of that of that Kingmaker. I've still got my. I've still got. Rife is Trebo, the lightning count, my mini over there oh, yeah. from there. Mm-hmm. Still look at that shit fondly from time to time. So here's what we need to do. Um,
5: uh, seriously, uh, once the Skull and Shackles is over and King gets a, a rest, let's convince him we'll do a Zoom campaign. Mm-hmm. Get the gang back together and play something else. Try to, try to find some time. <laughs> oh, we all got plenty of time, right? So I have a question for Richard. What's up? I don't want to keep harping on this, but I'm curious. Will you share some of the things we could have done in the past? Like... Were you thinking that we would go to the palace or to? You
0: know? Um, I mean, a lot of it I end up bringing out in, in other ways. Mm-hmm. I, I really had a lot of the story arc uh, that revolved around who Gilgamesh was and the the Fridian royal family, uh, because he was actually a member of the royal family from far in the past, who had been the 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 Power behind the throne for a long time that even most of them didn't because he was a lich didn't realize well. And he, he obviously didn't start out that way, uh-huh. so he kind of moved that power <laughs> behind the throne beforehand. Ended up becoming a lich. Sorry, I just I had the thought of a baby lich being born. <laughs> <there. laughs>
2: yeah,
4: Congratulations,
5: Mrs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> got to,
4: you have a little healthy baby well, unhealthy
5: baby
3: lich, L- little like, rattle <laughs> Slap his ass, and he just mm-hmm. coughs dust in your face.
5: <laughs> it's this is a crypt dust.
1: Yeah. Oh.
5: Shit. <laughs> He's
1: awful. He's That's babylicious. No. baby Lich. You ever just think of something horrible to yourself? And you're like, I can't <laughs> we, say that out loud. <laughs> no, I've, I've never. Yeah, had we that usually we we we
5: say it, say it and make you met put your your the, face the the in your hands I can't say face. that out
4: loud. I never had that thought. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. <laughs> so I volunteered to
0: edit. But- <laughs> That's, uh, I mean, th- that there was that, there was a lot of storylines uh, revolving around who the uh, Black Shields and El Jazeem actually were. And, and I think some of that would have led into the idea that um, the Master existed. It would have, it would have prompted a little that storyline in there. You guys would have discovered more about about that. It also would have fleshed out a little bit about what Feridon was like in its golden days. Yeah. Um, But those are the kind of storyline things that you guys really could have come up upon that didn't actually come out. Some of the other stuff you ended up, I just put elsewhere. Out of curiosity, and I I wouldn't,
5: uh, and I'm not in any way saying that this
0: is any sort of, um,
5: I I even hesitate to use the word whip-off because it really wasn't. But out of curiosity, were you inspired by
0: the second Dragonlance trilogy? Uh, that one, I'm going to say probably not, because I admit up front, this is why I call it all the mirrored land. Yeah, anyway, no, I mean because yeah. this is all a reflection of all the things I've consumed over the years, and I know that even if I were to try not to, there's no way for this stuff to not be some level of regurgitation. Yeah. this is just an amalgamation of everything uh, that I've ever seen, read. Mm-hmm. Uh, participated in that comes back out whether I intentionally do it or not. Yeah. But I was actually never really big into the Dragonlance thing, which mm. is weird because, like, as far as I'm concerned, Hickman and Weiss are amazing. Yeah, they're great. But I that was probably my least favorite, uh, you know, uh, setting. Yeah. Overall, so I really, I really don't think that there was much there. I mean, if you were to get more specific, I could probably outline a lot more of the inspirations. Actually, Ethan hit one of the ones early on when he made a reference to, oh, it's like a Sauron situation. Yep. And I'm like, actually, yeah, that's very much <laughs> exactly what was happening.
5: Mm-hmm. That's cool, and it, it may be just one of those things, because I, I very much like the Dragonlance, and the, and the second
0: uh, trilogy, where
5: Raeslin and Caramon and go back in time, and mm-hmm. and to various stages in Kren's past. And I mean, I must have read that one two or three times when I was a kid, and I really enjoyed that, that time travel element to it, and how things in the past were relevant to what was happening in their adventures
0: in in the present. That that is one of the things that didn't really come out. I don't know that I sold it the way it should have. And and looking back, I wish I would have. And so when that time travel was happening, most of what was going on there is that was the master starting to realize what was going on. So as he would kind of delve into it, uh, it was fucking shit up. Yeah. Like the reason you guys went back in the time is because the first time back to Oak is because the master reached out ...and was discovering this was happening. But him essentially being in the middle of it while it happened... ...is what caused that to go sideways... ...and you guys to go back in time and to get stuck in this time
2: loop. So
3: that's why she was like, oh fuck... ...when Rosanna sent us back. Because I thought, like, in hindsight, I was like... ...oh, she meant to send us back.
2: Mm -mm.
0: She did not. But that's what happened. Partially because... So he reaches out with his power... Because in my mind, he was always mostly a spirit. He never really had much of a physical form... So as he does that, and he's essentially present in spirit while that's happening, and he's realizing that you guys are after the key, that's what kind of triggered it. That was like almost the linchpin to the the casting that caused you guys to go back. That's what fucked up that spell. Mm -hmm. His power being present, his coming to those revelations, because she was aware of it in her mind, so then he became aware of it. And boom, there's this, you know, now you guys get stuck back here in this time loop because time doesn't know what to do with you now. And, you know, eventually you guys were able to break that cycle and, and come forward. But that's what the, those uh, moving around in time things were all about. That was him discovering that the Asmodians had been fucking with time all along. And his presence in that and his discovery of it altered what happened as those things happened and was bouncing you guys around a little in time. I want to open this question up to
4: everybody. Was there ever, like, uh, you had a moment of doubt about something and then it turned out okay? Like, for example, like, <clears throat> all along, Roddy was pretending to be Alder, Bill, Smythe Jr. But for, like, right after, like, the truth came out, part of me was like, yeah, maybe I made a mistake. Like, maybe I should have just kept it Alder, Bill, and Because, like, I, I think it was comfortable, you know. But I, in the long run, it's, like, we're way past that fucking conversation. <laughs> but, like, I did have some doubts for a while there. Did anybody else have a moment like that? Personally, yeah, I don't think I did. I, I'm trying to think That's
2: if there were, I mean, it's okay, yeah. if there
5: were moments, because had such a clear, strong idea about where the character <laughs> was
0: headed in his background. I mean, I mean, I I doubted almost every one of my ideas. <laughs> I'm like, gotta hope this comes out okay. Like, it seems really good in my head, but will it work? Will the episode sound
2: good?
1: I don't know if I necessarily really doubted. Like, if there was like one big thing that stood out where I was like, ah oh, man, I don't know if that was the right thing but it was basically for a long time period with a lot of shirin I, I don't know if it worked yeah, I was very questionative of like and doubting whether or not i was doing well or if it worked because i was really trying to be like really subtle and not like 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 sean said that like you the shirin never straight up tells you what happened and it's part of like you never really learned what was up with the shirin's backstory and i really kind of did that intentionally because it's mainly because my father he told me about um his grandfather and since uh that would be my great grandfather Mm. him serving in World War II and talking about it since he was there at D-Day and stuff like that and he told me that like the great grandfather never really talked about the war much at all that he never really talked about anything about that time stuff like that but like it was obvious that he was there and like occasionally he might say like of something that would be like oh that would be something he must have known because of that but he would never tell you what happened. I didn't know if that would, if that was the right thing or not to do it. Sharing. I was really constantly doubting that, uh, but I'm like at the same time I'm like, that is exactly like how that kind of person would be. He's not angry. He's just, it's gone. It's empty. Well, I remember like when you really start foraying
4: into like, okay, I'm gonna give some of sharing away. It's post Battle of Port Hallback when we first switch over to the new system, and you start like, you know, have like letting some vignette shit slip out about and Like, yeah, you talk to Ethel, like the ghost of Entheel in the tent and you are like, yeah, I don't think I want to go back out, you know? Like,
1: that, I think for me, that's when you really start, like, cracking the shell on shit like that. Asherion mentioned it to Father Becker but I was trying to nodding towards that whenever I said with, with Asherion that he had memories that were not his and he couldn't tell which ones were real or not and that they were always messed up, and they would intentionally look like they were his. I was trying to hint towards that some of those things like that, maybe some of those were not that Asherian, Assyrian's memories. They were previous Assyrian's memories, but when he's remembering them, they're slightly altered so it looks like it's his.
4: Yeah. Well, really, the true Assyrian echo was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the deal. All of them <laughs> are the true Assyrian. <laughs> they're all Assyrian.
5: I don't have a question, but there's something I want to clear up. What's up? Zills was not at the orphanage in the Battle of Port
2: because
4: <laughs> 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 Yes, because he was alive. Well, that's
5: that's, that's part of it. But although, you know,
4: although, I kid you fucking not. Like not to interrupt you, Sean, I'm sorry. I went back and listened to that episode the other mm-hmm. night, because I, I I listened like three or four of what I... Like, I just want to go back and listen to this yeah. shit. And I think at some point, Gavin... Descri- yells, you scaly blue bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I like Go back and listen to the episode. But there's no sorcerer there, right? <laughs> no, well, like, Zill is canonically not there. Right. But at some point, it was either you or Gavin, someone yells, and then I take care of that scaly blue bastard. And that shit fucked me up. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I don't remember that, but yeah, remember go back anything. and listen to that episode. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's Gavin that yells it, but like yeah. that tickled me because you didn't mm-hmm. even have a co- like concept of fucking Zills yeah. at that time. But so he just you scaly blue bastard. And That's I'm like, funny. It's I, yeah. I may
5: have to go back and listen to that. Yeah, well, you know, I, his backstory, he hinted at it a couple times, and it never really came through, but he was a part of that invasion force. Oh, for sure. And, and in fact, his background was um, cultist. Like, they oh. the idea was, he's on a kobold farm somewhere, and they recognize the fact that he's got talents, and so they're sort of like, well, we're going we're gonna to incorporate you. Hey, you're special, buddy. You got a special role to play. And so he knew a little bit about what was going on, although no real details. He just had, you know, oh, well, here's kind of what they did. But the idea was, is, you know, he's in the part of this invasion force, Port Hallback, and he's looking around and he's like, Well, these kobolds are getting slaughtered everywhere. But I, if, if if suddenly in the midst of all this, there's a blue kobold shooting lightning, he's going to draw aggro like,
2: Oh, him, yeah. <laughs> gonna, oh, yeah. yeah.
5: So he just hightailed it into the wilderness. He just
0: <laughs> fucking ran.
5: That's what he did. And he's wandering around the wilderness for weeks until he eventually finds the great hunter. <laughs>
0: That's and right. so, yeah is there anything else you guys want to cover in this episode anything you want to bring up nothing i can think of richard final question what's up head or
5: gut here it comes yeah <laughs> oh, the final parking lot beating hold them down
4: <laughs> everyone get your licks that's
5: right
0: <laughs> well, uh guys i hope everybody enjoyed uh the campaign this journey i i know we learned a lot along the way about not just the characters the campaign but even about this this podcasting thing it it's very different You know, the transition from thinking of storylines to episodes, Mm -hmm. uh, that that was the biggest uh, learning curve for me. And I still don't know that I have it right. Uh, It's one of those things that just got to continually work on. So it's been a lot of fun. I know uh, for me, this (laughs) is like, this is a dream come true. This is something I now get to, to cut off my bucket list and to make things even more exciting than that. Not only have we reached this point that is so amazing, but turns out that this isn't the end. This is just the beginning. Because what we're doing now is, is is more exciting, in my opinion. You know, we've got a few one-shots coming up that we're going to release right away. But then after that, our next campaign has already, uh, we're actually quite a ways into it. The production is, is pretty far in. All new cast, Brad over here, has stepped behind uh, the, the other microphone. He's, I'm sorry. He's running it can't
4: no imagine that shit.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to the point where not only is, 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 am I so excited that other people wanted to be a part of this, I didn't know if I was going to be able to find four to begin with, and now more people have come in, they yeah. want to be a part of this, and it almost seems to be snowballing from there. Um, I know we're already in pre-production for a, a campaign that Ethan's going to run. Uh, we have some other one-shot things that are, are, are popping up here uh, to the point where we're already looking at our production schedule and going, whoo, how are we doing all this? Uh, uh, but that okay. is an exciting thing to, to look at. A saucy puppet show we're planning. That'd be <laughs> nice, yeah. And we have, uh, we have a lot more coming, so hopefully you guys will all uh, join us. Hopefully we're going to get even better at everything we do and all the stories in the future are, are even better than this one. And I think all we can really say is
4: thank you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Richard. I oh, fuck Richard. I the audience. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah. If, if you have Wait. been, if you have listened to us and been with us along the way. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank we you, have an audience. Absolutely.
0: I... The mostly the four of us. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm thanking myself really. <laughs> <laughs> and, if, and if you guys are the audience, if you guys have questions, reach out to us. You can you know, find us on all the, the major things: the, the Facebooks, the Twitters. Uh, the Instagrams, the, we have our own Discord server now, feel free to come over and interact. Ask the questions, uh, tell us what you liked, what you didn't like, Let's uh, see what you want answers to, uh, and if not, just get ready for these next campaigns that are coming up as the more stories start to come from the adventure as well.